never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into The Mac and Reed Show. And we're here on the Barroom Network. You can follow us at The Real Evan Mac and follow Ross Reed at Ross Reed, of course. Uh, respectively our individual twitter and instagram handles and thank you to the barroom network as usual for hosting us and you can find us on youtube spotify itunes for all our past shows we know we did a pretty draft heavy one last week with van hiles which was great and we're pumped to recap the bears draft this week and so much more ross how are you fantastic how are you Looking good, feeling good. Let's go, oh, my friend. We're absolutely. talking Bears. We're talking talking NBA playoffs. We are also going to be going into you know everything in between. We got the Cubs Sox rivalry in full swing as Cubs fans fight each other in the bleachers, as is to be expected. Uh, I got my run the jewel shirt on for you today, Ross. You know, be seeing them this summer, and uh, Ross is in a, a very bare spare bedroom right now in his <laughs> loft. A few remaining days, probably just him and no furniture and, and, and a glass of bourbon in <laughs> the last few last, weeks, my friend. Last three weeks here. It's a, it's a end of an era in this place. End of an era. I've been there many times. We recorded oh, cool. there and, and and great home for, for you, the wife and kid. And also we'll be talking music. We'll, you know, you, Ross will give us his fashion takes on the Met Gala. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm I, he has. I don't think he has anything to offer. I think if Ross was to show up to the Met Gala, he would grab the first snapback he saw, and probably some some cut up jeans and his best tank right. top. That's right. Is that right? That's right. That's when we were into. Your, that's when we were into your bachelor party in New Orleans pretty soon. Yes, sir. In August. <laughs> uh, any recommendations for listeners for for what we should do in, yeah, worry, in August in New Orleans besides <laughs> sweat profusely? Please let us know. Yeah. We'll get into it. So to lead off the show, Ross, by the way, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. Let me hear your favorite Star Wars movie. Let's go. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, come on. I mean, if it's anything but Return of the Jedi. Well, no, I think one in in 1999 or something. 1A1B are Empire Strikes Back and Jedi are probably right there. Yeah. Empire is fantastic. Just don't say some like Return of the Sith bullshit or something, or or one of those like new ones. Solo, like no one even likes Solo. Yeah, I saw someone's list and it included all of the Star Wars movies, and Solo was at the middle. I was like, that movie fucking sucked. It was so bad, <laughs> really terrible. Uh, I don't understand why it's even on the list. Very upsetting. Yep. Let's dive into it, Ross. So let's dive in. As we usually do, let's talk some bears. The draft class, the first Ryan Poles draft class is is in the books here. Mm-hmm. Good or bad, we'll we'll find out. But 
I mean, 11 young men were drafted total after the trades. It resulted in a wild day three for the Bears, as you as you can call it, a wild day three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ryan Poles flipping three picks into eight with four trades, basically. Mm-hmm. It four on day, four players on defense, excuse me, six on offense. And you know, Ross, I was pumped about a punter. Let's go. Yep. Uh, we talked about the needs at length the last couple podcasts because we weren't really sure what way Ryan Poles was going to go. And certainly I think it's been mixed criticism for good reason, but people are, you know, critics and NFL scouts, everybody, by the way, bears parting ways with their director of college scouting today after some, some uh, comments that we'll get to in a moment, but it it was polarizing. Like needless to say, you, you figure this first draft under a new regime is going to be weird. It's going to be different. But we talked about at length the need for a wide receiver. We thought maybe it would be a wide receiver, a corner, wide receiver, a defensive end, wide receiver, offensive lineman. I think for sure we thought the wide receiver would be there in the second round. But lo and behold, with the two picks in the second round, Poles chose to boost the secondary. And, you know, I'm all for it when the Bears were really bad in the passing game and they played, you know, albeit they played a tough schedule, they played – Aaron Rodgers, they played Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers twice. They played Tom Brady. They played Matt Stafford in the opener. But you get the first two picks in that second round uh, of the Bears draft class, that is. Ross, walk me through it. Uh, let's dive right into your analysis and, and what mm-hmm. you think of, of the cornerback and young safety that the Bears got and if they're your guy. Absolutely. So we talking about, uh, you know, Kyla Gordon, corner out of Washington, and Jaquan Brisker, who's the safety um, out of Penn State, who's going to be opposite Eddie Jackson. I mean, you know, lo and behold, on our first episode here, the Macarides returning to the Barroom Network, we brought up Kyla Gordon as a, as a pick who could be there in the second round. And we said, hey, look, keep an eye on this young man. He's got the, the potential to be a really solid corner in this league going forward. And, you know, yeah. there you go. He was the he was the best player available on the board at the time Ryan Poles took him. And it's a clear lead need on this football team. You couldn't have watched the Bears last season, even against, you know, teams like Cleveland. And you let Baker Mayfield, who's not even going to be uh, a starter uh, for the Browns this year, just go ahead and shred your defense. And you knew it was a need. And, and as much as we wanted, you know, a lot of fans wanted the wide receiver and it's a passing league, obviously. That also means that you've got to be able to defend the pass. And if you want to help your quarterback, Justin Fields, out, yes, you need the weapons around him, but you also need to be able to not give up seven points every single drive or be down 14 to nothing early in the first quarter, which is what we saw a lot of last season. So um, I am a fan of the Kyler Gordon pick. I, I was a fan of his uh, coming out of college. I think that he's going to go perfect uh, opposite Jalen Johnson. I think the Bears have now have two very good young corners that they can build off of. Um, and I like Brisker as well. And all of a sudden you add him in there with, with Dane Krunchak and you've got one of the better young uh, secondaries in football. And it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, the 49ers and, and their run that they've had over the last couple of years on the uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan with their very stout secondary as well. Um, you know, I, 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 I like the pick picks. I like the fact that Ryan Poles didn't, you know, succumb to the pressure from media and fans and try and overdraft somebody at a position that he wasn't thrilled about. And I think he really set himself up for the remainder of the draft 
to go out there and address some really specific needs to this football team and get some value in the later rounds, particularly in the trenches. Yeah, I think, you know, we'll go over the whole draft at length, but Kyler Gordon from Washington, I think the wildest stat, and you take it with a grain of salt, as with any jump from collegiate to pro playing level, was that he didn't allow a touchdown in coverage in 696 coverage snaps, something like that. And Ryan Poles and the whole staff were really surprised that he was there at that position with that pick. And then you couple that with Jaquan Brisker, who's kind of one of those guys who could play linebacker. He's got the build for it, but his coverage stats are great. He's he allowed, you know, targeted 56 times over his career and allowed 33 completions. You could throw stats out there every day. And you, you all, again, you take it with a grain of salt because it's collegiate and the jump from these programs to the pros is so hard for them. But you look at the glaring need between opposite Jalen Johnson and opposite Eddie Jackson. You needed immediate starters, so to speak. I think that, you know, I, uh, we'll go back into the, the tapes and talk about who I predicted uh, the Bears to pick, at least positionally. And I definitely thought that the corner would be a big need. I thought that safety is certainly a big need. And Ross, you would agree with that. Whether you want a skill position player or not, there's a lot of needs for this team. And it's a big rebuild when you let a lot of guys go and you just look for that best player available. And I think Ryan Poles, you know, reading about so many different takes about how he just had his notepad of the three best guys going into this round, this round, this round. And he really, he was sold on Quan Brisker and he was sold on Kyler Gordon for good reason, I think, because they're playing at big programs. They have the build for it. They, they look like they can slide in immediately. And then he was able to later in the draft address those needs as far as wide receiver. And as far as offensive line goes, it was shocking. I think to go in the secondary with, with both those picks in the, in the second round, but also like I, I do trust the fact that he's an offensive line guy and he can look at depth and he uh, as young as he is and as, as new as this whole uh, front office is for the bears that they were going to make the best pick available given that. And I think that it goes without saying the later round picks are super important for any team. And I know you talked about the 49ers trying to mold that and, and what the kid from NYU did, for example, to that franchise um, playing in the secondary for that team. And yeah, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker look like they'll slot in slate in right away as starters. And, you know, the bears were cut up by the best quarterbacks in the league. It certainly looks like on paper, it, it filled that need for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, listen, I, you know, and I kind of echo what I see still here from some of the comments, which is, you know, listen, me, me personally, um, you know, I used to write for Bleacher Report for a long time. I used to crunch uh, tape and I used to, you know, go really deep and extensive into, into the draft and, and really try and evaluate guys. And what I learned over the years I did that was a lot of this is still a complete crapshoot, right? And a lot of people get it right and a lot of people get it wrong. But I can tell you one thing is sitting here today on May the 4th be with you. Nobody knows, you know, on Twitter on their timelines or anything like that, which one of these kids are going to be good, which one of these kids are going to flame out or, or not be good football players. And so it's too early to 
um, to, to criticize or critique not only these young men who should be flying high right now, they just made it to the National Football League, but also a first-year general manager. We have got to see the course, see how coaching dictates uh, you know, the future of these young men, what Matt Eberflus and his team uh, have in store for them, what Luke Getze has in store for, uh, for young wide receiver Valus Jones for out of Tennessee. And we just got to see it through. There's been plenty of times where I've been excited of the Anthony Millers of the world or the Eagle Ferguses of the world and, and guys like that. Um, you know, and I thought that, you know, Horonis Grassou or something like that would be a 10 year center in the league. And these guys just don't work out. And so, you know, I, I understand the hot takes immediately after the draft. I get it. Um, but I think that we have to be very patient throughout this process. I think you and I have pe- preached patience uh, week after week on this show and we've got to be able to allow the coaching staff and these young men to all come together and see see how they do. Um, but until then, they get the benefit of the doubt from me. I think that's just the most um, uh, logical thing to do right now until they prove us otherwise. Um, you know, you know, I I very famously hate draft grades because how the hell am I supposed to give somebody an A or B? Uh, today without any of these guys putting pads on and stepping into the league or I've never met yeah I've never met any of these young men before right I don't know if Kyler Gordon has that dog in him that that I just don't see um, you know from you know me just watching you know games from Washington on a Saturday or something like that right there's certain instincts and intangibles that a lot of players have that we just don't see just from watching tape so you know, I, I give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to say it's a great draft. I'm not going to say it's a bad draft. I'm going to say let's a, it's a wait-and-see draft as every single draft is. Sure. And and you prioritize certain positions, and secondary was a big one, I know, as it's been scrolling on here. And offensive line, in, in the later rounds, you find some gems. With Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, that was coupled with Felix Jones, as you talk about the junior from Tennessee who had a six year college career. He he's a really fast player. Maybe throw him in to return punts and return kicks and, and be in the slot. The wide receiver question still hasn't been answered. It would appear on paper when we're talking about, you know, we're not grading this draft, but obviously just looking at the, the way that Ryan polls prioritize certain positions in this draft, Velas Jones was his guy, apparently. Like, now, will he be Devin Hester? Will he be just some other dude? Who knows? Uh, and how he fits in. And and we know that he's at a disadvantage to a point with uh, Justin Fields as well. well. We'll see how his development goes. But I think the four offensive linemen will be interesting to see if one of them hit between Braxton Jones and Zach Thomas, Doug Kramer, fighting the line I turn up, and Jatira Carter. And each of them, you know, you go from offensive tackle uh, to a guy like Zach Thomas, who played left tackle, right tackle, right guard. Doug Kramer played at center. And Carter, he provides some interior depth, you know, at guard, which is going to be important too. You needed some depth. And and these guys, when you are a late round pick like that, you're going to be in a tough position to even make the roster. Uh, So, I mean... You know, going back to grades, I think that they all filled a need. And don't forget that the Bears also got running back. They got another uh, safety. They got, you know, Braxton Jones was in the fifth round as we go down the board here. And Dominique Robinson was an edge rusher, who's also a guy who was converted from wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. You know, talk about him. 
Um, and yeah, Zach Thomas going from San Diego State. So it's it's just a really mixed bag. They got the punter they wanted. <laughs> Isn't that what's most important, Ross? <laughs> I will say, you know, I you know I, after I just got done with my whole rant and stuff like that, and we don't know. Um, I am really excited about Velas Jones Jr. I, I'm pretty high on him. I was having I was having some dialogue with sure. um, Barroom's own Greg Gabriel the other day, former Bears scout, as we know. And, um, you know, I hearkened him to a, a younger, faster Randall Cobb. Um, he just kind of fills that mold for me. He's a guy that you can be able to get out in space, get him the football and allow him to get those yards out the catch, which is so desperately needed on this football team. It was, it was really something that we didn't have last year. He could play inside. He could play outside. He could burn you with the speed. But also he's a young man who's super physical, who will be able to also line up at the backfield and, and Luke Getzey, the, the new offensive coordinator for the Bears, can just get super creative with him, right? And Getzey, listen, Getzey is very familiar with Randall Cobb. He's had him on the Packers for a long time. He's seen um, Cobb in a diminished role as he's gotten older in Green Bay. But imagine a, a younger version of that to be able to just really do a lot of things for and take a lot of pressure off of Justin Fields' hands, right? If, if Fields is able to get rid of that ball quickly and, and get it to Jones and allow him to kind of work after the catch, that's exactly what you want for a young for a young quarterback. You kind of spread the field out and you say, all right, here's Darno Mooney and there's Pringle and there's Jones right there, and then we're able to kind of throw in Komet and, uh, and, and maybe, you know, and just start spreading the football out and play pitch and catch. Well, the Bears have a little bit of something there. I still think that they need another wide receiver. I think they will sign another wide receiver, a, a veteran. Um, a guy like Jarvis Landry makes a lot of sense for me at this point on a, on a really cheap deal because he's able to also um, just move the chains for you and, and give you a valuable, valuable pass catcher on a third down. But um, I think the upside for Jones is tremendous. I cannot wait to see him on the football field. I think Bears fans are going to fall in love with him. I'd be curious to see how much they use him in the uh, in the special teams as well because he's a weapon there. But he's certainly going to get a lot of touches. And, and you hear, just like you said, was Ryan Pohl's guy. He went out there. He went to go get him. Um, I like the fact that Ryan Pohl said that he was watching tape um, specifically with Justin Fields. And Justin Fields was like, you know, I, I, I don't want to call him coach because he's a general manager. But he's like, you know, coach, I, I want – that's the guy I want. I want that guy right there. That guy keeps jumping off the screen for me. And so – Hopefully those two form a, a good solid bond going forward. Um, the other big thing from the later from the later picks is um, he was able to trade down and accumulate depth and draft pits for the offensive line. And I think the draft has shown you historically that on the offensive line in the fifth, sixth, seven rounds, those guys have a higher success rate of landing and being successful in the NFL. Remember the guy that they tried to sign from Buffalo. I was, was undrafted. Those guys just they they transfer over to the league a lot better in the later rounds than some of the skill position guys. Ryan Poles, very knowledgeable on the offensive line. He's a former offensive lineman himself. He knows that, and I think it was very smart for him to accumulate picks and go out there and say, "We're going to bring in Braxton Jones, and then we're also going to bring in Doug Kramer, and we're also going to bring in you know Jaya Carter as well, who's wearing number sixty nine. Nice." Um, and we're going to have these guys, you know, really give us some depth on this line. And there's a good chance just by probability, one or two of these guys hits and turns into a starter going forward. And that's what you need is this team does not have any depth on their offensive line right now. Um, and it's been a big yeah. problem, you know, for the last couple of years. And especially when you don't know the, the, the injury uh, with the injury history of Simon Jenkins and stuff like that, if he's your long term answer, you know, I like it. 
you know, I don't put too much stock into them taking a running back. He's a, he's a camp body. If he makes the team awesome, right. but I think Herbert and, and Montgomery for at least one more year, Montgomery is going to be your guys. I think Elijah Hicks, um, if he's going to want to make the football team, he's going to have to do it on special teams, but I like getting the big guys in the trenches because I think those guys can contribute uh, right away, at least with some depth. And I, I'm a big Jones fan, man. I, I think him and the, the ball in his hands, he could get creative. He could do some things. It's a mixed bag, right? I think uh, when you when you kind of cap it off with a punter and you drafted, you know, four offensive linemen in the same in, in the same day mm-hmm. to figure out who's going to hit or not. It, it's just all very much going back to what we've talked about. This is just a rebuilding franchise. We don't know who's going to stay, who's going to go, who's going to pan out, who's not. You gave me PTSD with the names of Ronas Grasso and Ego Ferguson, guys like that. Mm-hmm. When we hear those names and, and you think even, you know, compared, compare second round picks to first round picks. You think about Chris Williams, guys like that. It's just such a crapshoot. And so early, I know that, that every team is in the same position and and they want to hit especially on those later round players mm-hmm. but it's so tough to to analyze that talent and and really have it translate into a system that's tailor made for for the pros and it continues to change as it goes on and on and on but i think that yeah it, it was certainly good it was expected it was a good and expected draft for the Bears where later there was uh, a lot of, you know, those four offensive linemen was huge. Getting a wide receiver, a speedster is big. I think that certainly there still needs to be, um, you know, some sort of vet addition. It's not Chris Finke from from the Chiefs, who's, who's a little guy. Um, but they got to figure that out. I, I think, you know, a lot of people were disappointed in the lack of, maybe weapons for Justin Fields, but also you want to solidify his protection, right? Going forward. It, it's, it's a mixed bag. I, I do also go back to the defense, you know, what, typically whenever the bears are good, it's when it's very defensive minded and when it's ball hawking guys, I really like if Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon are the guys that are drafted on paper as they should be starting corner, Kyler Gordon opposite Jalen Johnson and then Eddie Jackson obviously has a lot to prove with that big contract that he signed a couple years ago starting opposite Jaquan Brisker. I think that could be very good back end, you know, back four supporting that front seven to, you know, go and get more penetration to the quarterback. It's a mixed bag. And it's, again, you can be as positive as you want as a bears fan with a lot of us, uh, a lot of people in the comments talking about it right now, you cannot just take it all with a grain of salt. You really don't know who's going to pan out in this immediate future, but you know that I think that Ryan poles had a lot of conviction in the guys that he was going to sign or going to draft. And they're going into camp. They're all going to fight, especially those offensive linemen. I I feel like I I really do trust him in, in that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I listen. It's not all rainbows and lollipops, right? I, I mean, I, I do think that there is some criticism for Ryan Poles to be had. I think most notably in the free agent market, he he might not have been um, as aggressive as, as some guys. I think that he would rather. I think in hindsight, he would probably do the Amari Cooper deal if if that was presented to him again, especially given the amount of dollars that a lot of other these uh, you know other wide receivers got in the market, but. That's a part of being a first-year GM, and he's going to take his lumps a little bit and learn. So you have to hope that 
at the very least, this football team is better today than they were two, three weeks ago. And if they consistently get better and they start to build a foundation, then, you know, you have to hope it becomes not only an attractive place for good value free agents to be at next year when they have a ton of cap space, but also he can continue to build continuity with his scouting team and continue to have a high success rate on picks because they do get a first round draft pick back next year. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, you you can really start to address some of these really premier skill positions uh, to really further help Justin Fields. You know, Justin Fields is going into his his second year. There's no reason to panic. I know we, we want, there's, there's, there's the time on the clock is, is racing as we want to be able to really fully evaluate him. Um, but, you know, you, you, you got to hope that at least we're going to get the fifth year option picked up on Justin and then eventually a long term deal worked out. So there's some time here. Um, there's there's no reason to panic. You can have a glass half full approach and still criticize a, a rookie GM um, for, you know, for some things that he might have you know, messed up on. And then let's see what we have going forward. And yes, I do agree that Ryan Poles was handed an extremely shitty situation. Um, the cover was bare, yeah. um, you know, in terms of draft picks, the, the salary cap, the money that was handed out was high. The bears are going to have um, you know, probably the most dead cap space in the league going into this year. Um, and he had the clean house and he was put in a very difficult spot and he's in a hole right now that he's got to dig out of. And, you know, again, Let's see, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt until uh, he proves otherwise. Yeah, as it should be with a first-year GM. And a lot of people in the comments are just talking about comparing this draft class with the Lions and with the Packers and with the Vikings. And rightfully so. you got to prepare for, like I started this podcast with this live show with, um, you got to prepare for Rodgers. you got to prepare for the best quarterbacks in the league. you got to prepare to defend against them. You take it with a grain of salt. You don't know. And certainly it's a rebuild year. We we talked about at length when you just released Ryan Foles and you're uh, getting some cap space, you're, you're preparing for the off season next year. Like this, this next year, there's no expectations, so to speak. You're just figuring out of the depth, you know, in the depth chart with these starting 11 on either side, how it's going to pan out. And, you know, who can stay, who can go essentially. And, and again, building with around Justin Fields and, and the captain of that defense and Roquan Smith and seeing if those guys do stick in, in the secondary, it's a tough, one of the toughest positions in sports for a good reason. Ryan Poles goes ahead and, and has to have this first draft and it, it just remains to be seen. It's too early to grade it. Certainly. I know that it's, you know, you can be hot on certain guys because of their 40 time or because of their shuttle time or God, God knows what. But it, the fact remains, nothing is set in stone until they do go out onto the field and start playing with those other 10 guys, an individual, and go out and, and go do this. And it's a tough division. I think it's, a, you know, again, a tough schedule for the Bears going forward. Time will tell. They got their punter, though. Uh, they got their punter. They got two punters. got real. I'm going to keep we're going to have a punt off now for the this first time in a unit. long time. He's 6'4", 220. Look at him. He is. He is. Maybe he could be your new wide receiver. My my, my main question is, is um, is Ryan Poles, is, is he the Luke Skywalker or is he the Obi-Wan Kenobi? He can't be the Obi-Wan, right? He's not really the teacher. He's got to be the Luke Skywalker, right? 
He's more the Luke Skywalker, I would think. Yes, yeah. Yes. You pulling these Star Wars analogies out here? Okay. The force is fair. The force is with him. R- Ross, what else did you think about the NFL draft? Were there any huge surprises for you? I know that it was it was all over the place as to be expected, but what stuck out to you? I'm curious. Um, you know, Pickett stuck out to me in the first round going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure. I, I really thought that Malik Miller, Malik Willis was there. Uh, was their guy the entire time and and they kind of um they pulled the rabbit out of the hat and, and they kind of flipped it a little bit and they, and they think they went with Pickett um so that was surprising to me it's, he's now into going to be uh in an immediate quarterback competition with our old friend Mitch Trubisky some Steelers fans were pissed but they, yes they look very similar to me but um you know and then yeah. pick and then Willis now um, just to go to Tennessee and, and Ryan Tannehill's on the hot seat. Right. And he kind of came out today and was like, look, man, I'm nobody's mentor. And listen, yeah, I, I get it. You know, I, I definitely see both sides of it. I, I think that a good mentor in, in anything, um, can do a lot of things just by, um, you know, how you do your job, how you comport yourself on a day-to-day basis. And that young man can sit back and watch and it could be a lot of nonverbal learning, but, I also think at the end of the day, it's it's a competition, and Ryan Tannehill has to go out there and, and try and fight for his job now and keep his job and think about his next contract and his family and, and so on and so forth. He's not willing to give up that that situation to a young man just coming to the league. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to watch. Ton of wide receivers, as we as we knew, went off the board in the first round. Uh, I think we got six total. Right. None of them went to the Green Bay Packers in the first round. Again, they, they decided to go in a different direction. Um, yeah. You know, even the first overall pick was a little bit surprising. I think we talked about last week with Van. Um, this was the first time in a long time. We didn't really have a consensus number one pick. And so to not see Hutchinson go to, to Jacksonville was a little bit of a surprise for everybody. My favorite guy was was Thibodeau. I was a huge Thibodeau fan coming into this draft. I love his personality. I love his flair. I love his fire. I think the guy plays with a lot of passion. And I think the New York Giants got a really damn good football player. And I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be really solid going forward. Um, except for the fact that Daniel Jones is still their quarterback. And they, they're gonna have to address that um at some yeah. point there as well, right? But yeah. Both New York football teams, it always comes out as like, oh, this looks so good on paper. You know, mm-hmm. Giants getting Evan Neal, it's huge. The Jets getting Sauce Gardner, and then, mm-hmm. you know, they're able to get Garrett Wilson a few picks later. But, yeah, again, it's it's too early to tell. But, yeah, it was wide receiver crazy to mm-hmm. start. And offensive lineman as well, just getting yeah. picked left and right. Kenny Pickett going very early on, being – you know, the only quarterback in that first round. It, it, and then from there, we'll see. We'll see who was slept on, who's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be, you know, a Debo Samuel type of guy. You you don't know at this point. Uh, I think it was, it, it was pretty much like we expected, where it was going to be pretty heavy with defense and offensive linemen kind of in the trenches rebuilding. And we'll see. It's just, again, like quantity over quality at this point with a, a team like the Jets who have, Every hope in the world for Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner, the best chain in the game that actually held a little barbecue sauce. Had a little hot sauce in it. Ross, you should get I, I, I think should. I might. I should. Drake London already had a nice chain, too. He's going to the uh, to the Atlanta Falcons now, right? Sure, yeah. And Drake Absolutely. betting on him being the first Drake receiver. Off the Absolutely. Absolutely. Drake betting on Drake. Why yep. wouldn't they? Um, you know, one thing that did stand out stand out to me as well is, you know, Clemson wide receiver Justin Ross was not drafted. 
um, this past weekend. He was uh, abs- he was picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs uh, a couple of days later as an undrafted free agent. But, um, you know, listen, this is a young man who's got a very serious injury concern. He's had a spinal injury in the past. Multiple doctors have told him he should probably not play football again. He had one doctor who, who kind of signed off and said, hey, look, man, the ball is in your court. Coincidentally, this is the same doctor who works with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and I just have to say, you know, I, I'm praying for that young man. I hope that um, – I hope for the best. I hope he has a very long, lucrative career in the NFL. Um, it is super scary, that situation, when multiple people in the medical industry tell you that you should not play football again. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get morbid or anything like that, but I really hope that we don't ever see an instance on the field where that young man takes a hit and his life is in jeopardy over, you know, over his situation. Yes, I know he's medically cleared to play. He was medically cleared to play by one person, but multiple people told him not to. I can find a lot. I can find one or two people that will clear me. Um, That doesn't mean that you always have to do it. So I just hope that the NFL and the Chiefs and his family keep his best interests at heart Um, because at the end of the day, it is always still bigger than football. And if, if it becomes between, you know, playing football and, and, and getting the, a check in that route versus spending the rest of your life in a wheelchair, I really hope that everybody's making the right decision for him. Sure. And on draft day, let's not forget that a couple of wide receivers were getting a new home. There was, there was some, uh, you know, extra curricular activities there with AJ Brown going to the the Eagles was one of the biggest moves of the day. It kind of overshadowed yeah. a lot of that first round, of course, from the Bears perspective. Mm-hmm. But A.J. Brown really just pimping his worth, and I get it, man. And now him and Jalen Hurts look like best buddies. He's uh, really relishing the opportunity that he has with the Eagles. I- I'm really curious to see how he does uh, with Jalen Hurts and uh, uh, Hollywood Brown, too, going yeah. to a new team. Lamar Jackson's the number one weapon. It was crazy to me. That, again, overshadowed so much of the first round. And that, to me, listen, I love the A.J. Brown trade for the for the Eagles. I think that's a great move for them. I think that's really good value. I think his contract is really good comparative to a lot of what a lot of guys got uh, this same offseason. Um, you know, the Titans just felt like they were done with A.J. Brown and they didn't really want to work with him. They could have came up, I think, a little, a couple more million dollars to get that deal done. They just didn't want him anymore, it felt like. And now the Eagles get a damn good wide receiver for a quarterback that really needs it in Jalen Hurts. I thought the Hollywood Brown trade was really surprising to me, um, not so much from the Ravens' standpoint. It made sense to me. I think that young man is underachieved uh, throughout his entire tenure uh, with the Ravens. I, I think he's got a, a tremendous amount of speed, but um, he's got a bad case of the dropsies. Um, he really, you know, he's got a very limited route tree. Um, it didn't make any sense for me from the Cardinals, and, and I know um, Hopkins is now suspended for for you know six games. I think he is right. He'll take steroids, but he won't take a vaccine. But, um, you know, it didn't make sense for me that the Cardinals would give up the 23rd overall pick for a guy who has been largely inconsistent with a MVP quarterback, and he's going into the last year of his contract. And and by all means, I'm not – I wouldn't pay Hollywood Brown upwards of $18, $19 million a year, but you kind of have to, I think, if you're the Cardinals because you just traded a first-round pick for him. So – I thought it was a very sure. troubling move for them. If I were them, I would have just sat back and took one of those awesome wide receivers in the first round at number 23, and you got him on a rookie right. deal. Yeah. And now DeAndre Hopkins potentially sitting out for several games too. It's yeah. uh, 
a lot happened outside of the, you know, the guys who actually have made it. And two, Debo Watch is still on. We'll see if anything happens there. If, you know, by the time we finish up, he's on a different team. But he's been forced to trade for a long time. Yes, I know a lot of people in the comments are talking about um, Nate uh, Hersey because he got released today, offensive lineman for Philly. Um, if yeah, you yeah. if you saw the athletic profile that Ryan Poles took this weekend, um, all you got to do is look at the RAS scores of all, all the players that he drafted. Uh, Herzig does not fit that athletic profile. I do not think that the Bears are going to go after him in free agency. Just not a guy that is currently fitting the mold of, of what Poles wants right now. I could be wrong, of course, but I would say at this moment, they're probably going to pass on him on the waiver wire. Yeah, that's fair. We'll see. Take it to the NBA, Ross, and yep. the playoffs have progressed on. We know that Philly and Miami are going on right now, and Miami is ahead, and Phoenix and Dallas is going to tip off later tonight. That's the late game. Mm-hmm. And we know that Bucks and Celtics has been good so far. We know that Grizzly and Warriors is good so far as well. And, and of course, there's got to be a little spiciness in there. You know that it was a big loss for the Warriors last night and, and a questionable play. I think one of the highlights of that game, besides John Morant dropping 47, just mm-hmm. being one of the best young players out there. We talk about the new regime taking over the old LeBrons and Durants and, and uh, Kyries of the world, where you know Dylan Brooks, he had that hard foul on Gary Payton, uh, the second sure, junior. No. Yep, Junior, yeah. uh, elbow broken. Brooks got ejected. He wasn't looking at the ball. It just looked like he wanted to take Peyton out. Uh, there was a lot of jawing. You know, Draymond, I know you hated that call to send Draymond out of that game in that first uh, in in that first game in game one of the semifinals. Yep. And, and then I think, you know, again, on the Eastern Conference side of things, too, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, it's their time. I say this every year, I feel like, with the Celtics, set myself up for disappointment. But with Milwaukee losing Chris Middleton in that first round, you know, Tatum and Brown were going off, hitting threes. They have a deep bench. Al Horford is providing good deep minutes. Just every role player that you could think of. I know Marcus Smart was sitting in this last game. It's uh, it's getting interesting. I think it's it's a foreseeable – with this, you know, it's it's alternating between – Nights where Miami looks like they might sweep Philly if MB does not come back. It certainly looks like it tonight. They'll go up to nothing. And then Philly, or excuse me, Philly, against Philly. And then Phoenix going up against Dallas, it looks like they could go up to nothing in Phoenix again tonight later in the uh, in the nightcap. But, yeah, what else are you noticing? I think are you – are we still sticking to our predictions here? I think Warriors I, – I certainly I don't agree with – what I initially predicted with the Sixers going to the finals at this point with them beat out, but it looks like it might be Miami a couple years removed from a finals run Miami and, and Phoenix, something like that, or the Warriors, certainly the Warriors are peaking at the right time. I, I love that series. Love it. Yeah. And tough loss to the Warriors last night. I think if you have to power rank all the remaining uh, playoff teams, I think right now the Suns have to be in the driver's seat just because um, they do have that potential to go up 2-0 tonight against, you know, a, um, you know, a Luka Doncic, you know, led Mavs team. But I think that team doesn't have enough firepower to mess with the Suns, who, uh, when fully healthy, are about as good as it gets in the NBA. And I think if the Suns can uh, take care of, of the Mavs quickly, um, they can get a lot of rest for guys like uh, Devin Booker, who's just coming off of a hamstring injury. Chris Paul is just older than dirt. 
<laughs> you know, and, and, and the rest of their guys can kind of just take a break while the Grizzlies and Warriors just beat the crap out of each other. That series just seems yeah. destined for seven games, and it's a physical, like, knockout seven games, right? We've already seen, like you said, two guys get tossed out for, for flagrant fouls. One guy is out now for an undetermined amount of time with, a, with an elbow injury. Um, it's just gotten to be a very physical two games already. Thank goodness for those two teams. They don't play again until Saturday night because it looks like they need the rest already. Um, but, you know, for me, I think the Suns are in the driver's seat right now in the West. In the Eastern Conference, it's still an up for grabs because the Heat look really good. But Miami, uh, you know, Miami's had injury issues, right? Cal Lowry uh, hasn't, has yet to play in this series, right? He's been hurt. He's a little bit older as well. Jimmy Butler has had some knee issues as well. You need both of those guys extremely healthy if you're going to be able to try and take out Jason Tatum and, um, and, and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was on fire last night. But on the flip side of it, Giannis is just the best player on the planet right now. He's better than everybody else. And does so, whatever he wants. Yeah, and so if he continues to go on a heater and just knocks out the Celtics and you get Chris Middleton back for the next round, then all of a sudden the the the, um, the Bucks are a completely different team. So I think the Eastern Conference is a lot more up for grabs. I, I think that the West right now, the Suns are in the driver's seat. Um, but, the, you know, the Warriors going back home to, to Oracle can be can definitely be able to, to take – um, two games there and kind of flip this series, especially against a, a young Grizzlies team who not might not be ready for that environment on the road. But it, it's fun. I think the basketball has been great. I think the star power, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, has been awesome. The NBA is in a really good place. I think regardless of the outcomes of these series, we're going to get two really good conference finals and we're going to get two really good teams in the NBA finals barring health. And that's all you can ask for. Ja can't put up 47 every game it was you might <laughs> it was way too ridiculous i feel yeah. like uh, for for them to for him to be doing what he was doing 47 points in that game and yeah. three other guys in double digits it was it, literally putting that team on his back i know he was jawing at steph curry and steph's gonna have games like that where he shoots three for 11 where he's not making everything and clay thompson too the two of them, it's not, you know, we forget that these two are getting old at this point. I think that they have a, a much different team than, you know, between Draymond, Steph Curry, and, and Clay Thompson. They have a lot of playoff experience between the three of them mm -hmm. and, and Kevon Looney, who's always there, <laughs> who's been yeah. there since the beginning. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, again, like we talk about, it, it's kind of that changing of the guard. So it's nice to see. Regardless of the outcome, you see the Mavs are making a big push with Luka Doncic if he stays healthy, and they'll have some random role players going off. I love Jalen Brunson. I've loved him since he's been out of college, and he's really a good supporter for uh, you know the starters and for that team in in, uh, in Dallas. And now Memphis too. It's it's John ja Morant. We know, and and I think that you know a lot of people have been talking about the the team Morant versus Del Curry, you know, narrative, which is just stupid where, which is where they should be supportive dads. They're comparing them to LeVar ball just because of boisterousness. And it's just, it's bullshit. They're, they're not the same. I mean, they're just dads supporting their kids. Like if you were, if you were supporting Bradley in the pros, you know, in the dugout at, at, in a professional level, it'd be just like that. It's, it's just a distracting headline when you should be focusing on the ball 
besides, you know, T. Morant looking like Usher. That's, that's a different story, of course. Shout out to T. Morant. T. Morant's been awesome. Um, I, you know, I love the uh, the memes I saw where he, um, where, where they said he he beat the uh, I forget Carl Anthony Towns' father's name, but he beat the Towns' father last round, yeah. and now he's got to go up against the big boss in the next <laughs> round, Del Curry, right? Um, but yes, I, I agree with you. Any kind of criticism against a dad who just loves his child and is so proud of his child and is openly uh, expressing that love and enthusiasm for his son who's on the biggest stage of his life right now. Um, those people are just fucking morons. <laughs> it, like, there's no other way to put it. There's no other way to put it. And, and so keep celebrating your child. Um, it doesn't affect Ja Morant. He had 47 points last night, right? So, you know, it, you know, I, I love to see it. It's just an exciting moment for everybody involved right now. And I love watching this NBA playoffs. It's been really fun. Um, it's been kind of getting me through the NFL offseason and the fact that uh, baseball is just basically too cold to even play right now. You know, thankfully, we got a, a, a somewhat sunny day today in Chicagoland area for, for Cub Sox. But, um, yeah, it, it's been great to watch. It has been. It's uh, it, it's going to be exciting. Again, I, this is the first time in the longest time where we haven't had the LeBron narrative. So it helps add to the the you know the young versus old, where certainly the Sixers are in a tough spot without Embiid. We thought that maybe it was their year uh, between you know the signing signing of Harden and building that chemistry around Joel Embiid. That ship might have sailed. Bucks trying to repeat. The Suns, I like that sprinkled in there. And the Heat, too. I, I think that they're one of the best organizations out there. And how they have uh, – Tyler Hero just won sixth player of the year, for example. And, and Jimmy Butler really carrying that team, really all the chemistry that you could want. But, yeah, it's 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 a lot of basketball left to be played. I'm really uh, interested to see – who, who comes out on top here, especially with that series again, Grizzlies and Warriors? Like, man, that, that's very physical. Same could be said about Celtics and Bucks, but it's been very physical with the uh, the Grizzlies and Warriors and and young shooters like that. It, it's hard to come by. You got a you got a Tyler Hero six man of the year and a Jack Harlow album this Friday. So shout out to all the swaggy white boys this week. Uh huh. I like the comparisons as, as, of course, we segue into other random shit like Jack Harlow and 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 uh, Little Dicky. You heard yeah. these comparisons? I've seen the comparisons. I've heard the comparisons. Totally. The, only, the only two things that those two guys have in common is they both rap and they're white. Although they could not be further from opposite each other, opposite outside of that. And um, shout out to Jack Harlow. I am a fan of his. I like his first album. That was fun. Um, I'm. I'm Really anticipating the it's it's just like fun pop hip hop music, right? It's kind of mindless. Shooting a shot at Dua Lipa, I respect yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Lil Dicky is a successful. I was gonna say Lil Dicky is a successful. Uh, he's a successful show on Hulu, right? Like he he is. He's kind of more of a comedic uh, guy to me. Um, yeah, he's embraced it. Absolutely. Both guys are awesome, though. So we forget, we forget little Dickie was on that double XL with Designer. Who the fuck yeah. remembers who Designer is? Designer and Anderson yeah. Pack, who is a star right now, unbelievable. And then little Dickie rounded it out. Little Dickie just killed everybody, and Lil Yachty and all the Lils were in there, the, the mumble rappers. Little Dickie blew them all out of the water in the freestyles and just with, with the career at that time. 
as a comedic rapper, it's it's yes. impressive to me. So you can't compare it. But Jack Harlow shooting a shot at Dua Lipa. I like it. it I also sad. like in the comments the, the, the slander towards Detroit. I will support that all day. Yes. I think Absolutely. we all could. Absolutely. What else Absolutely. we got going on, Ross? So we know that, that uh, speaking of hip-hop, you know, there was that random troll. I know you followed this. Mm-hmm. Went after Drake on Instagram, and then Drake was saying, your wife is probably bored. Let, let me <laughs> he slid into her DMs. Mm-hmm. It was very impressive. It um and, it, Drake, and, and level of pettiness. <laughs> it brings me to my to my favorite would you rather of the day, which is would you rather Drake shoot his shot at your wife in her DM or you get curb stopped by Dave Chappelle's security guards and have your elbow facing your 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 chest in an ambulance. Did you see that from last night? Oh yeah. Yeah, so Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl getting speared almost. I don't know why you would want to attack Dave Chappelle on stage when you know his security is going to be nuts at this sort of thing where the roots are there. Jeff Ross, like everybody, Busta Rhymes was there. He's like, Busta, come on out. And he didn't skip a beat. It was just so dumb. He had this attacker had a gun-shaped knife, and yeah, he got fucked up. Like they were the best by far the best memes of the day were of this attacker after the fact. But yeah, I mean, Drake can slide in to the wife's DMs all day. He's not going to get anywhere. <laughs> Look at you. Not gonna get I, like anywhere. That, I love that confidence. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> not his type. Not, not her type. Yeah. Come on, Drake. Um, Dr. Strange this weekend. Are you excited for Dr. Strange? I am excited for Dr. Strange. You know, we, we haven't talked about movies a lot at length recently. I, and I, I still, I, I feel like it's such a mixed bag with Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. I just haven't even tried to go down that rabbit hole. I know a lot of people are just confused. They, they don't I, know what they're doing. Yeah. I have no clue what the hell's going on in Moon Knight. I have not watched the last episode yet, but I've watched every episode before I, that, and I cannot tell you what's going on. Um, but I am anxiously awaiting for Doctor Strange this weekend. I think it's going to be fun. The multiverse of madness is going to be great. I think they're going to start to tie in. Um, obviously some of the X-Men stuff as we start to lead into maybe a new X-Men franchise reboot again. We're going to start to get some angst, uh, some answers about, you know, some of the, the different storylines, WandaVision, uh, you know, coming off of that whole thing. Uh, King the Conqueror that we saw in the Loki series, I'm sure will make an appearance as well. Um, and, and we can start to see, you know, where does this, you know, phase four take us, especially with a, a new Thor movie coming out in the summertime, but you know, Chris Hemsworth is kind of hanging up his, his, his act, so to speak. And, and uh, you know, we saw Natalie Portman's basically becoming the new Thor as, as they showed us in the trailer. Um, but you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how far can they kick this Marvel can down the road and, and how many people are still going to anticipate these releases. As we know, Spider-Man, uh, you know, they just came out this at the at the end of last year. It was the biggest movie of the year. Uh, it's the movie that kind of brought people back to the movie theaters again. You know, th- throughout this pandemic, um, Batman, which is not a Marvel movie, but you know, kind of sustained that success. But you know, I, I think you're going to see a lot of people come to Doctor Strange this weekend. I think a lot of people are going to go out to the movies again this summer. Right? I think we got Top Gun. Yeah. You know, Maverick is coming out. We've got a bunch of huge movies coming out again. Um, I, I participated in some very legal marijuana on Saturday and decided to watch Ambulance in a movie theater, which was just absolutely fucking batshit crazy, as you can imagine from a, from a Michael Bay movie. Crazy or good? Was it good? 
It wasn't good, no. <laughs> no Michael Bay, you're, yeah, you're there to be entertained. If you're high, it was awesome. It was an really, edible deep. Yeah, you're yeah, good. I love like, I love Saturday Ross. He takes his edible and he goes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Jake Gyllenhaal and a Yaya Abdul Mateen. Sure. Oh, yeah, 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 killing it right now. Absolutely. You know, yeah. You, you talk about movies to death, and yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped to see Doctor Strange. I, I will always pay to see those Marvel movies in theaters. They're so good. I mean, if if the last Spider-Man was any indication, it, it's where it's going. And talking about the kind of a renewed battle between them and DC with this, yeah. this Batman getting their second spin around with Robert Pattinson as Batman, it's going to be good. But, man, TV is incredible right now, too. We got the end of Ozark. We got the end of Better Call Saul. We've been enjoying, you know, the Game of Thrones. A uh, new thing is going to pop off soon. I'm really excited to go see uh the what is it the the, the wire kind of reconcept a new baltimore yes. prime show yes on Simon brought us came back right the, the actor that plays the guy in the punishers we keep uh with the marvel theme he's he's in the show as well so yeah absolutely i i can't uh that's the fun a lot of prestige tv is really good right now um you know coming back full circle back to the to the you know the doctor strange thing sam raimi is the director of this new Doctor Strange movie, and he is the director of the first two Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Actually, the first three. I'm sorry, uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, which essentially uh, kicked off all of this. Right, that was three Spider-Man movies into Iron Man, into like this whole you know where we are at almost 20 years later. No, although I haven't changed my mind on Winnie Time, I still. Think I already knew you were going to address that. I'm I'm in it, Aldo. We're going into the finale here. I still think it sucks. Come on. It's, it's it, it it baffles me how they can have um, such factual accuracies about how you know be really attentive to how these guys look and the court and the games and stuff like that and just to be over the top not true on some of the bigger storylines it's it's driving me absolutely loosely bananas. based on the truth it's yes. so loosely there, there based just... absolutely <laughs> I can't I can't do it. Larry Bird is so hateable in it. It's it's great. They, uh, they were great. <laughs> John C. Reilly has been well cast. I, I love it, Aldo. I still love it. I'm going to watch it till the end, even if it if it's the new vinyl, as we talked about, or whatever. Ross, let's talk about this. Black yep. Star. Yes. The new album. Did you yes. pay $5 to Luminary to listen to it? I did. Because I most have rant about Spotify and how it's terrible for artists. I actually <laughs> I already, yeah, I did. I loved it too. I already had a Luminary account, if you could believe that. Oh, look at you! See, yeah, I would do absolutely. it for I would do it for the Dave Chappelle and, and Quali and Mosdev podcast. I'm I'm right. I'm 100 on that. But 24 years later, man, then for them to record these nine tracks in hotel rooms over this last you know couple decades, basically on and off. Again, Mosef and Quali just didn't want this released on Spotify. They're very clear on their thoughts about streaming and, and how it's changed. But it's one of those albums when it should be in, it should be listened to in album form, I feel like. And the original Black Star is pretty different from this, especially because of the production of Mad Lib, who's one of the best producers out there. But it's exciting because I love these guys individually for so long. And I think it opens the door for a tour for them when they've just been holed up in Dave Chappelle's house doing podcasts for a while. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But the sound of the beginning, it's like that interstellar sound and it's bookended. It, it really has a great flow to it. That that first song, OG, just hits so hard. And to hear Mose Yassine Bey, excuse me, doing his sing song and quality come in like that, like they're just 
great lyricists and they've been around for so long you forget about that it's not the original black star album but a tour could be coming and it was super enjoyable for me listening after you know after listening to it for a couple times yeah and i thought it was much needed obviously they're they're two of um hip-hop's brightest stars from from an era that you and i both love a lot of hip-hop the late 90s early 2000s i thought it was very timely for them to drop a new project considering that uh, both their names came up a lot in the in the Kanye West and the Jesus uh, in, in the genius genius uh, documentary from Netflix from a couple of weeks ago as well from a couple of months ago. So um, you know, excited. They're both extremely talented. If you've not, it, it also gives you a good opportunity to go back and listen to a lot of their old stuff. Um, you know, quality is an amazing album. Black on both sides is one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time from Most Def. Yeah. absolutely you know listen to a lot of stuff um you know you can go down a rabbit hole and listen to a lot of the the production stuff from like high tech who was very awesome as well so huge fan glad to see them back <laughs> same here man i know uh cliff in the comments we we have uh, an album for you every week now we'll go for yes, it sir cub socks by the way ross you yep. know we kind of glazed over it who do you who do you pick taking uh, the series in this first time around this these cold 40 degree days I know, getting a little warmer tonight, right? I got the south side, of course. Yeah. Sox won last night, big home run by Tim Anderson. Um, you know, I think the Cubs are up a little uh, by a run or two right now. The ball's jumping a little bit more. Tied but right now, yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll come to the G spot in a couple of weeks, and, and we'll finish this thing off. The G spot. What else did we miss, Ross? We hit everything. Uh, I would be remiss to say, um, number one, happy Mother's Day. To oh, all, yeah. of, all of our mothers and wives, happy Mother's Day to 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 uh, to your mother, to Nicoletta, your lovely fiance. Happy Mother's Day to my wife April, my mother Yvonne, and, uh, and to all the mothers out there. Yeah, man, don't forget to go get flowers. Do something special. Come on, mother. There is no other like mother. As Mr. T was, was to say there. Um, you know, predictions as far as. The NBA playoffs can, you know, continue here, and and again, the Heat are beaten up on the Sixers. I think that's huge. I think that's the. I'm just excited to be in Vegas for the finals as well. Uh, we'll be at least there, there for one game. Um, but man, I, I think you know, looking at these these postseason awards, the pre, you know, the postseason awards are big uh, as far as. Embiid coming in strong later in the end here. He was the leading scorer throughout the year. Again, man, like it, it can't be said enough. It's a changing of the guard. I'm super excited to to see these young guys like John Morant, Luka Doncic, and and other young bloods come up and and take over the reins from LeBron. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be a thrilling finals. I hope that one of these young teams and and Jason Tatum. I love that Kobe connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah, it's going to be good. Absolutely. All right. Well, like it says at the bottom, catch us live every Wednesday. We're on demand on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Everybody have a good Mother's Day. Have a good week. Uh, let's let's just pump the brakes on the Bears. Be cautiously optimistic, perhaps, but most importantly, be good to each other out there. For now, we say so long, everybody. So long.